You're listening to Community Union's Education Policy Podcast for England with Martin and Rob. In this episode, we talk about rep training and we interview Nyla Khan about her experiences of being a rep in a secondary school. And we bring you the latest news on teacher and support staff pay in the here and now. So today we are, uh, as Martin has just uh, mentioned, joined by Nyla Khan, who is one of our reps at a secondary school in the southeast of England. Nyla, thanks so much for joining us. If I can kick us off really with an uh, initial question of originally, what made you choose voice, as I'm sure it was at the time, now now community? Um, when I started at the school I'm working at now, um, I had a friend who already worked there who was on the senior leadership team. And we were talking one day and she said to me that she was part of voice and there were no other people there that were voice and it would be really good if the two of us if I joined voice and as a pair we could actually stand together when it came to things to do with the union so I looked into it and I thought well from what she'd said she was very positive about it and the deputy head at the time was also part of voice so there was three of us actually that then became part of the voice group at the school. So she just wanted the numbers to go up um, because she thought, you know, with a, with a few of us, we could actually get our points across a little bit better. That's great. That's really interesting, I think, as well, because that's almost given you the first taste of one of the main roles of the job of a rep is to recruit people. And you kind of were recruited kind of by somebody. And then you, you, and you mentioned just there the idea of being collective and, and standing yes. together. So it's really interesting that that was how you first started. So so then eventually you you decided to become a rep. Um, could you talk us through that decision? Were you approached by somebody or did you approach the union? What happened? Interestingly enough, it was the other union reps who actually said it would be really good again for the school um, and for all the members if all the reps stood together. And as there was no rep for voice, they said to me, would you stand? And I said, um, I was a little bit hesitant, if I'm being really honest, to start with, because I didn't know what came with it. Um, but they did explain that there would be training that you would provide. And actually, it would be really good for me, especially in the role. I was a behaviour support manager at the time. So I was working with a lot of children with behavioural difficulties. Um, and a lot of staff used to ask me questions and, you know, ask my advice about things. So they said I was really well suited to the role. So I said, OK, and I thought, let me try it. There's no harm in trying something. If I, 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 I always thought that if I didn't like it or if I didn't want to do it, I could always step down. But actually, without stepping up first, I wouldn't actually find out what a rep would do or how how much you would have to do or, you know, how influential you could be in the school by being a rep. So I thought, well, OK, so I put in, I, I said, all right, I'll do the, um, I'll do the rep. I'll stand for a rep and then I've got the training. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way of looking at it, you know, sort of, we're not going to hold anyone's feet to the coals if they decide it's not for them, they decide it's not for them. And for you, you sort of decided, I'll give it a go. Um, yes. And and actually, you've enjoyed it. And you mentioned that doing the training there, this might be yes. a question you can't remember the uh, the details of, but can you remember how long it was roughly between becoming a rep and getting that training? It was only two or three, I think it was two months. So I, I put myself forward, I wrote to you and... Um, and within two months, I was called to do the rep training. 
so it wasn't it wasn't that long well, that's good so, that on this good. that we, we managed to make that happen quickly for you uh, <laughs> yeah. being my responsibility yeah. i'm pleased it wasn't a very long time but yeah. i think the reason i was asking that question was i was interested and we'll come on to the the, the training in a minute but i was interested to know if you felt a, a big difference um, a big change in your approach to being a rep after the training compared to before absolutely a huge difference um it's the knowledge you know when i when i had the training and i i was a lot more confident with what i was actually saying to people um but also i had that responsibility now i felt that i had to start recruiting people without stepping on anyone's toes or you know i would never poach or anything like that but it was um it was the knowledge that actually helped me feel a lot more confident about what i was saying and that also meant that when we were having meetings say with the head teacher as joint union reps you know i i was confident enough to say this is what i'd like to put across without feeling oh everybody else knows a lot more than i do so it was hugely beneficial it made me a lot more confident and um i i now feel that i represent the other members a lot better having had the training all of that's really interesting could you tell us a little bit about what the uh, training actually entailed so what did you have to do and, and and how long did it take because I'm aware that other people might be listening that are thinking oh I, I quite fancy doing that but how much time do I have to dedicate to the training and then you know as a follow-up question when I am trained how much time am I giving up to do this in my job so the training was uh for a day and i think i was lucky because i think there was only another two people there so it was quite intense training so we could ask all our questions so we went through um robert rob went through a lot of the things that we were meant to know so there was a booklet and we had to look through the booklet but i think the beauty of having fewer people there was we could actually ask our questions so if there was something we didn't understand or if there were questions that we could that we were bringing from our own workplace saying well actually this isn't being covered can we actually ask what would you do in this situation those questions were being asked so it was a day's training um it was quite informal but i think that made it so much more accessible for us the people that were there because i remember at lunchtime we were there talking and, and and we all commented on actually how personable everybody was and actually it wasn't such a intimidating process of, oh my god I've got to remember all of these things and I think you were repeatedly saying if you're stuck at any point give us a ring and we'll still um, support you through it um, so to be honest with you I think you know the day was brilliant um, it was a bit far but you know you know <laughs> it, it, it was good um, and then afterwards um, your second question how much time do I have to devote to it we have um, fortnightly, um, sometimes sometimes monthly meetings with the head teacher as reps. So um, it's an hour, either fortnightly or monthly, what, 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 whichever she decides or whatever the union reps decide. And then I have a meeting with the reps. Um, so it's actually not that much more time that I'm giving, because even when I wasn't a rep, you know, when people were coming to me, I think I was giving more time then than I am now. Um, so very doable and um as i said i i'm really pleased that i'm a rep it's really good to hear that your head teacher provides you with regular meetings you know again when way before i worked for what was voice now community uh, i was a rep as well and, and that's one of the things that we had with at my school was we were had half termly meetings i think they were so yours are even more regular and I found that to be really, really useful. And I think any employer that can do that or any rep that can make that happen with their employer, I just think that's the best way of doing it, right? Like let, let's get things out in the open before they become a problem. 
And thankfully, there were never any major problems when I was a, a workplace rep. But, you know, I can remember one very small one. And it was really it was a small change the head teacher wanted to make to the timings of the school day. And the feedback from staff was like, this is a really bad idea. And the head teacher was just said, well, in that case, we won't do it. You know, it's that kind of simple. And that was all because of the feedback through the union rep. So I think it's really useful. and It's great that you've got that. And I would recommend to anyone else listening um, who is a rep or is thinking of being a rep, that that's a really good way to go and have those informal meetings and have them regularly. So they're not scary and they're not reactionary. Uh, they're preventative, perhaps. So uh, you've done the training. Uh, you've, you've, you know, you've gone back into your workplace. Has anything in in the meantime, in sort of that time in between, been surprising to you as a rep? You know, has anything sort of come up that you or, or any avenues open to you that you were a bit surprised about or or anything like that? Um, yes. What I have found quite surprising is I know you've just said that it's really good to have those meetings and stuff, but I've actually found that sometimes when you do have these meetings, um, I think sometimes the leadership team do fob you off a little bit by saying, yeah, yes, we're thinking about it or yes, we'll take it into account and they don't. But I think the positive to that is actually you do still get to say your bit. And I think as long as you're saying your bit or for your members or, you know, speaking openly for staff members or anybody, I think it's good that actually it's actually said, right, even if they're fobbing you off, um, because nobody can then say, well, actually, we didn't say it. And I don't I, I don't know if that if that's coming across very well, but I just think you get your say. And sometimes, actually, they don't go along with what you're saying, but you've had your voice. You know, you've been able to say what your concerns are. I think that is the art of negotiation, of course, isn't it? And we see that at every level of, of the union in our negotiations nationally with, with government and other stakeholders. They will obviously listen to us, whether or not they take on board yeah. what we've said, whether or not they listen to our concerns. That's a completely different thing. But yes. you're absolutely right. We are representing the members' views. We're putting those forward and we're making sure that our voice is at least heard, even if later on there's nothing that the person can do to to change the way that things are going to be done or what is going to be done at least we have had our say yes yeah and i think that's really important because also we don't always know what's happening behind the scenes and i think um what i've learned is you know when you go in very very calmly and start off with i might not be understanding the whole picture i don't i might not have taken it all in but actually, this is where we're coming from and explaining it. Um, I feel a lot better. The members know that actually their point of view has been put forward and we're all doing it very much for each other. And I think that's really important. I think that's one of the strengths of community, obviously formerly voice, is, is that we do that kind of methodical this is our case way of negotiating, as Martin's just referred to in the negotiating tactics. Um, of course, it's important to be assertive, but the way that I certainly I work and then I guess, therefore, the way I train reps is be methodical, going with lots of evidence, explain the case to them, put the, put the case forward and what the positives to the employer and so on. And, and if they choose not to listen afterwards, like you say, you've kind of you've you've done your you know, you've done your best at that point. You've explained everything. They've still chosen not to do it. And you can decide between the people in the school, the members in the school, how you follow up on that, if at all, after that. But I think that's a really good way of doing it. Uh, so I suppose the last question then, um, Nina, if I may, is um what would you what advice would you give to anyone thinking of becoming a rep or who's newly become a rep? If you're a new rep, 
I would say call up. I know sometimes it looks like you're being a bit of a pain and I've done it. Um, if you're not sure about something, because I think it's really important that you give the right advice, not what just seems right to you. Um, so keep asking. Um, and I think it's really important that if you are a sole person, even if you're a sole person or there's only two of you, that somebody does stand up to be a rep. Because I think it, you get a lot more, um, it's not respect, but actually you're listened to if there is a rep in the place of work. Um, I know you, you have uh, members that are not just in schools, but wherever you are, I think if you want a voice, if you do want to be heard, I think it's really important that you have a rep and not just be part of a union. Um, and I, I certainly learned that when we had no rep and the difference that there is now for me and the members having a rep in the actual school so do it i think i i would say somebody do it somebody stand um step up for it i don't think either of us could have said that any better ourselves and i would not be surprised to see that in print as a quote at some point in the future <laughs> that's ideal um so thanks so much for joining us today as i said at the start i really really appreciate your time and uh, maybe we could follow up at some time with a further podcast um you know with maybe how you've developed some further courses down the line so thanks so much for joining us thank you very much indeed thank you that was great to hear from nyla on her experiences as a rep there um, and it's definitely worth us saying that we are always, always looking for more reps to support us in workplaces, support the work of the union and support the members in your workplace. And that really even goes if you're the only member in your workplace, you can still become a rep. You can still access the training and the education that we provide. And it doesn't end with just the course that Nyla was talking about, which is the sort of introductory type course to being a workplace rep. We have advanced courses and branch secretary courses and union learning rep courses. And the, the list isn't, of course, endless, but it, there are many courses uh, on that list that our members can access. If members want to find out more about how to become a workplace representative, what do they need to do? Well, the, the best two things, Martin, that anyone can do is either visit the website and then there's an advice and representation page within the how we help section of the website. Or you can call us on the number that we give out every month and we'll give that number again at the end of the podcast uh, and just say that, you, you know, you're interested in becoming a rep and someone will get back in touch with you as soon as possible. When someone does become a rep, the advice isn't just available over the phone, as Nala described earlier on. There's also a full section on the website, a rep centre on the website that you get a special login for with loads of information on our training courses uh, and, uh, you know, employment advice and so on and so forth that helps you in your role as a rep. So, Martin, to bring back one of our old segments from the podcast we've had in the past, the here and now, it's probably worth having a little bit of an update on what's been going on recently in the world of education and indeed the world of work. So what can you tell us? What's new? Yeah, there's kind of uh, been a big change. We've obviously got a new government. We've obviously got a new monarch. The two biggest things, though, that are affecting schools at the moment are issues of pay, and issues of energy costs. The cost of living crisis is affecting schools. It's affecting our members working in schools. And we ran a survey of our teachers to find out how it was impacting them. 
20% of our teacher members who responded said that they were already having difficulty paying some of their bills. So goodness only knows what the issue will be like for our support staff members, who we know are often on much, much lower wages than our teacher members. We know that the energy crisis is hitting people at home, but it's also hitting schools. So we were pleased to hear that the government was going to do something about it. Sadly, what they have done is just not enough. It's not really even a sticking plaster to, to cover over the cracks. Yeah. Put simply, this is a very short term approach and it won't help schools budget. Schools will end up having to hold back some of their money just in case the energy price cap for them is lifted. It is likely to have implications for resources and probably for the number of staff that schools can employ. So this is definitely a serious situation that is not over by a long shot yet. And it's something that we're going to have to keep a close watch on, as indeed is the issue of teacher and support staff pay. At the moment, neither the teachers nor the support staff unions have agreed with the recommendations that have been put forward by the employer's side. Teacher pay is negotiated by the school teachers review body and uh, community alongside the other unions that represent teachers have put forward evidence and the government have announced that they are accepting the recommendations of the STRB, which is to recommend a pay rise for teaching staff of around about four to five percent, depending on where on the teacher's pay scale you are. It ranges from a little bit over 9% for those at the very start of the pay scale, up to around about 5% for those on the top of the pay scale. It's an increase of 5% for leadership and TLRs as well. The problem is that the government are only funding 3% of this uplift. So schools are having to rake through their reserves. They're having to look at how they can trim their spending elsewhere in order to be able to pay for this. Beyond that, Employers are offering a £1,925 uplift for support staff workers, which is around about a 10% uplift for those at the very bottom of the pay scale to something approaching a 4 or 5% increase for those a little bit up the top of the scale. There is no government funding to cover this increase in staff costs, which means that schools are going to have to raid their budgets in order to find that money and pass that uplift on to the staff. Let's be clear, this is money that is desperately needed by the staff in order that they can cover their own costs. But this is money which the government is not putting into schools and which is likely to cause some very, very uh, difficult questions to be asked in the not too distant future. So we will keep watching this. We will keep representing your views. We will keep putting forward these concerns to the government. So if this affects you in any way, please do get in touch and let us know. Yeah, it feels very much like they're giving with one hand and then taking away with the other, really, doesn't it? Um, it, it, it it's not really making too much sense, unfortunately. It may just be worth uh, two small things, Martin. The first is, could you give us a really, really brief outline again, and I know you've done this before, on what communities feedback, communities response was to uh, the STRB. 
In very, very short terms, community responded to the STRB with two major concerns. The first was that uh, we wanted to see a pay uplift of 10% because at the time that we were submitting our evidence, it looked like inflation was rising to 10%. Inflation has now risen beyond that. Uh, so even a 10% uplift would not be a, a pay rise. And we were also looking to the long term in order to address issues of workload and improve the conditions for teachers in schools. And so we were looking to uh, increase PPA time from 10 to 20% for all teaching staff and all of those who are working, delivering teaching in a classroom. We know that that is not a short term thing. That is something that is going to require more teachers. And so is more of a long term strategy to address the issues of the workforce. And the second thing, perhaps another brief um, outline for us, is which workplaces this applies to what we're talking about here. So when we're talking about the STRB and teacher pay rises and the work that we do on that, what workplaces are, are we talking about? The school teachers review body, the recommendations from the government, they are implemented automatically by schools which are part of the local authority. So this applies to teach uplifts, and support staff pay uplifts as well. Most academies will negotiate on pay directly with the unions through their joint consultative committees, but they will often base their uplifts on the uplifts which have been recommended by the school teachers review body. A number of JCCs that I attend automatically follow the recommendations of the school teachers pay review body anyway. So basically, if your workplace is not a local authority school, then it's likely that separate negotiations are going on. So if, say, you're in an independent school, separate negotiations are likely going on with trade unions or uh, JCCs, as you mentioned. Um, and and the, the, the work done with the STRB doesn't apply to those workplaces. That's correct. As always, if members have got any concerns, they can get in touch with us by emailing us at educationpolicy at community-tu.org or if they've got a casework concern they can speak to their regional officer or telephone the duty officer hotline on 01332 372 337. And of course you can always for the latest updates follow us on our social media accounts we're on Twitter, Instagram and on Facebook. Don't forget to visit our website where you can find all sorts of information to help you both as a member and as a rep for the reps, visit the Rep Centre. And as always, please do encourage colleagues, friends and family to take a listen to our podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcast to make sure that the latest episode comes direct to your device. And please do pass the pod. <laughs>